with very, very few exceptions, most wrestlers are pretty bad out of the gate. You're trying to convince your body to do dangerous things it instinctively doesn't want to do, and you're doing it in front of a live audience while improvising stage combat. It's not easy. Let's say it takes five years to get pretty good, to get to the point that the fundamentals are second nature and you can start mastering character work. That means, generally speaking, you want to start your career before 25, so by the time you're 30, you can really start polishing and making a name for yourself before your athletic ability begins its slow decline. So to have your first match at 35, when you're already over the hill athletically, you'd have to be an absolute natural to have any kind of hope for a good career. Diamond Dallas Page was not a natural. In fact, he was actively not good for a long time. He moved sloppily, his interviews consisted almost entirely of cliches, and DDP, the character, seemed doomed to be the villain that loses to a third-string hero in the opening match to warm up the crowd. But DDP, the performer, had other ideas, and his boundless drive to make himself into a star would wind up making him a genuine hero to WCW audiences. While he continued to slum it in preliminary matches on television, behind the scenes, DDP was making up for lost time. He would record every match he had and rewatch them obsessively, taking notes about how to improve in the future. He would seek out veteran performers and pick their brains, desperate for any advice he could use to improve his performance. And slowly, inch by inch, he did improve. By 1997, a 42-year-old Page was a star on the rise, and management finally decided to roll the dice and put him in a program with an established star to see if he could hang. And that star happened to be one of the brightest stars in the history of professional wrestling, our old friend, Macho Man Randy Savage. And although Savage was only a few years older than Page, he was light years ahead of him in terms of prestige. For comparison's sake, the same year that DDP had his first match, Randy Savage main-evented WrestleMania for the World Heavyweight Championship and was a veteran of 15 years. The differential in experience and star power was staggering, and Savage knew it, so he wasn't about to take Page seriously. On the other hand, Page was also aware of that differential and very aware that a victory over a living legend could launch him into the main event, even to the world championship picture. So that brings us to WCW Spring Stampede 1997, a goofy Old West pay-per-view that also happened to be a crossroads in the life and career of Diamond Dallas Page. On that night, these two men gave everything they had in a brutal, no-holds-barred match with Page trying to prove that he could be on Savage's level, with Savage trying with increasing desperation, to prove that he couldn't. Today on I Hate Wrestling, it's DDP and Macho Man Randy Savage, polishing a diamond. know who else everybody likes who is the macho man randy savage everybody loves the macho man randy savage uh sean's back i'm back (laughs) i can't say that without hearing the rap did you know that there's that macho man randy savage has a rap album called be a man it's unbelievable and one of the top songs is i'm back (laughs) and i can't take it seriously i only learned about it today on the way here oh you can only take his other tracks seriously none of it none of it be a man all this other stuff okay so so uh, this is gonna a good time as any to talk about this because today's episode is all about 
Macho Man Randy Savage's Midlife Crisis. Oh my god, it was sad. It was so sad. So this is Macho Man Randy Savage's on-screen Midlife Crisis. His rap album sort of was his real-life Midlife Crisis. It's a couple of years after this. Oh my god. After he had retired and he was in... Uh, he kind of tried to make a make a run at being in the movies. He was in Spider Man, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Was he really? He was Bone Saw. Okay, that makes sense. Bone Saw is ready. <laughs> what are you doing up there? Like, I think he had like three lines in that movie. <laughs> there you, you can't give him more than that because then you can't, then you have to like start wondering what he's saying. Right. That's the problem with the rap album. He's just like, I'm the first wrestling MC. It's like, stop. Like. Well, well, he actually has, he mentions being in Spider-Man in that song, in the first song, uh, Be a Man. Oh, wow. And it's all, did you listen to Be a Man? I the listened, title track? but I was confused. It's all about how much he hates Hulk Hogan. I know, I got that part. Okay. That is, so, that much I got. Yeah, so, we talked, we talked last time you were on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I should mention, although it should probably be apparent, that you are the same Sean who was in uh, episode 10 uh, History Beckons, where we talked about Randy Savage sort of at the height of his powers in the mid-80s. And we touched a little bit, I think, on Hulk Hogan being, like, weirdly insecure about Randy Savage and, ki- and constantly trying to upstage him. They wouldn't be wrestling without insecurity. Right. Male insecurity. What right. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Uh, so, this continued. They had a, a love-hate relationship, and it was definitely in its hate phase when Randy Savage recorded the song Be a Man, the lead track on the rap EP Be, be a, a Man. <laughs> and it's about how Hulk Hogan should be a man. And he says, like, shizzle three times. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Randy Savage. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> he says, uh, oh, see, let me see if I could sum it up some of the lyrics in my head right now. Um, be a man, Hogan. Come on, don't be scared. You running for macho, that's what I heard. <laughs> Be a man, Hogan. Oh, you's a chump. And Hulk Hogan is a real big punk. Oh my god, it's really that. And he's got that he's got that one line about uh um something about uh in television commercials I seen you <laughs> dancing in tights like a ballerina. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> I knew oh all along God. you had those tendencies because you've been running from macho like I hated disease. So what is up with these people making fun of each other's commercials? Because the other diamond guy yeah. was making fun of him for snapping into his... his Dude, like... your pay-per-view event was a joke. <laughs> oh my God. You're avoiding Randy Savage because you know you'll get smoked. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Now, my favorite part, because it's a blatant lie, is when he says, uh, they call you Hollywood, don't make me laugh, because you're moving and you're acting, oh, right, they call you Hollywood, don't make me laugh, because your movies and your acting skills are both crap. That No, rhymed. wait, that did rhyme. I can't think of it now, but he ends by boasting, I got myself a feature role in Spider-Man. It wasn't a feature role, oh Randy. My God. It was a cameo at best. At best. <laughs> Be- oh hey, God. he beat out Goldberg for that role, though. Okay, there. Good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Good. I mean, good job, Randy. Good job, Randy. He needed. He needed everything he could get at this particular period in his life. Until the end. Until the well, actually, you know, uh, he had a, he had a rough go of it. You know, he got, uh, 
he went through a real life divorce. He started dating a much younger woman that it kind of oh, no. ended uh, ended awkwardly. That never ends unawkwardly. Right. Like, best case scenario, she die, or you die and she gets all your money. Yeah. That's, like, the best way that can end. That's depressing. Yeah, but they broke up, and, like... She he... still took all his money. <laughs> no, I, I think he kept... Randy Savage strikes me as the kind of guy who, like, would keep money, like, cash money stuffed into curtain rods and shit like that. Oh, I hope I hope he did. Like, I feel like he was... he's Well, he's a paranoid dude. Like, I feel like he had, like, couch cushions full of coins or something. Left like it all in the pines. pirate gold or something in the pines. <laughs> so he, uh, in the last years of his life, he actually, believe it or not, reconnected with his high school sweetheart and married her. Okay. And like That's he spent, cute. yeah, he spent like the last, the last couple of years of his life with his first love, like living quietly on the beach. Oh, wow. That's really cute. I'm really glad for him. Yeah. And he adopted a, he adopted a three-legged kitten. Oh, wow. Like, in the year before he died, he adopted a, a three-legged kitten and named it uh, the Junkyard Cat. I mean, that, after after his, I can yeah, see that. That's... After his, uh, his departed, uh, deceased colleague, the Junkyard Dog. Oh, that's amazing. It's, like, so, it's very sweet. That, you just... I was so sad for him, seeing all of these of the clips and seeing this, t- and listening to this terrible... You didn't ask me to, but I listened to it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this terrible rap album, and now, was... I, now that... I feel good for Randy Savage. He had a good life. He did. He had. He certainly had. He had an interesting life. Yeah. Good. Good or bad. It was good and it was bad, but it was never not interesting. Oh yeah. Right. Um, well, what is a three-legged cat? What's yeah. wrong with that? That yeah. sounds like ending on a high note. Yeah. And like la- last time we talked about uh, what he said on Arsenio Hall, right? Like, uh, yeah, I've been up and been down. I cried a thousand times. I'll cry a thousand more. Like, he had. He had a. Uh, up and down, ups and downs, surely. But I think ultimately it ended on a on a positive note. But your homework was not to watch <laughs> or to listen to the Randy Savage rap album. Your homework was different. I sent you a video with the Diamond Dude. The Diamond Dude, Diamond Dallas Page is his name. Diamond Dallas Page is that why he kept putting his hands like a vagina, like. The, yeah, that, snap into my hand vagina. It's, that's <laughs> that's his that's his hand signal. That's uh, that's the diamond cutter symbol. Oh my god! I guess before we get into the homework, what were your impressions like? I know you gravitated immediately toward Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what what are your feelings? What are your impressions about about DDP? Um. So from the story that you told me about DDP before, I liked the story, but like his on camera presence, I was just like. What's your problem, dude? Randy Savage is the best. Like, you're not gonna... Like, your story that you gave me gave me a very good argument for DDP. But, like, after seeing his, like... I don't know. It was, like, part of the whole stage performance, and I get that. But also, I just wanted to, like... I wanted to see him someone cream the floor with him, but it was definitely not gonna happen. Like, he was, he was like, unstoppable, but still. Like, I was like, ugh. Okay, so you're still... Even though Randy Savage is in his full shitbag mode oh, here, yeah, you're still on bag. Team Savage. Oh yeah, when he spray painted his girlfriend, his that wife, was yes. that was amazing. Yeah. I just love that. The fact that he had the audacity to, while she's pining over DDP, he get, takes out the spray can and spray paints her back. What a boss! That, like, like I didn't feel bad for DDP in any way. I was just like, Randy Savage, do your thing. Like, okay, so uh, everybody. Sean is a sociopath. (laughs) 
<laughs> so maybe not. We'll see. Like, so here's here's the here's the deal with DDP. Uh, I, I sold him pretty well when I told you about a little bit about his backstory. He was a complete self-made man. Um, grew up um, on the uh, as a as a as a club promoter. Yeah, like on the Jersey Shore. Okay. And a bouncer. So he's a local. Lo- yeah, local hero, absolutely. Probably the most notable pro wrestler to come out of New Jersey. Oh, wow. Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, so I'm like shitting on your state's history right now. <laughs> I'm from New York. <laughs> no, uh, the state we're in. The state we're in, the beautiful state of New Jersey. The beautiful state. Um, so DDP uh, grew up on the shore. Like, he's, uh, but DDP is like, I'm, a, I'm an immigrant to Jersey. DDP is is full-on, dyed-in-the-wool Bruce Springsteen. And Bruce Springsteen, that's the only thing you can think of. Bruce the, most, the, most, the most Jersey thing, <laughs> right? So that's DDP, and he grew up, and this is his, his real-life backstory now that we're talking about, that kind of gets blended with his pro-wrestling backstory. He was a bouncer and club promoter who was actually, like, illiterate. Oh, wow. Until he was, like, 30 years old. He met his wife, Kimberly, who's involved in this match, and okay. she actually taught him to read. Oh, wow. So, obviously, their their relationship is very special, and DDP wanted to get into wrestling in the early to mid-80s during the initial like cable wrestling, TV wrestling yeah. boom. Yeah. So, he wanted to get in on pro wrestling when Randy Savage was at his peak, when Hulk Hogan was at his peak. Yeah. But he... He didn't get it initially. Like, he felt like he wasn't good at it. Well, and it's true he wasn't good at it. He didn't have a knack for it. And so he thought that he would get into the wrestling business a different way. He he loved the business, but he didn't think he was cut out to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. It was his dream to be a wrestler, but he didn't think he was cut out for it. So he kind of took a reverse career trajectory. You know, most people start as a wrestler, yeah. and then they become a manager, and then they become a commentator. Yeah. So he became a commentator first. <laughs> and he he's like a super nice dude like makes like nobody will ever say a bad word about DDP so he he was a commentator was an okay commentator but everybody loved him backstage so he got like an in front of the camera job as a manager oh wow and you know he's 6'5 so he's like taller than some of the guys he's managing yeah so eventually by the time he's like 35 years old he weasels his way back into being a an active wrestler and he's bad at it for a long time. <laughs> so he gets back in the ring like 93, 94. DDP, despite the fact that now he's sort of over that hump of, of training and actually being an active wrestler, he still isn't very good at it. But he has an insane amount of dedication. Like, the kind of dedication you would need to learn how to read when you're 30 years old. Like, he's, he's a... I can't even imagine. I'm just like, that sounds like... Like the, I don't know. So, you know, you can't even think straight at 25. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So he, uh, what he does is he sets up his own tape recorder next to the, uh, next to the camera of the guys who are actually taping the, taping the shows for broadcast. And he takes his camera home and he, or he takes it on the road with him and hooks it up to the TVs in the uh, in the hotels where he's staying, and watches back his match. 
and a lot of guys make fun of him for doing this because it's not something that anybody else does. You know, people will watch their own matches, but not to the point of recording it themselves, yeah. recording and re-watching it night of and taking notes, but he wants to do this. This is his dream, and he starts to get good, and it's slow, and for a long time, he's not great, and then in mid nineteen ninety, or I'll say late 96, early 97, everything just starts to click. He develops this move, the diamond cutter, mm -hmm. which is where he grabs your head with both arms, puts your head like chin first on his shoulder, and then just lays out and basically drags you out and stretches out your body. You both land flat. Oh, wow. So it's bulletproof. And he gets he gets a reputation for being able to hit this move out of anywhere. So a lot of guys will have to set up their move and they'll call for it and signal for it. And DDP will do that sometimes. He'll throw up his diamond-shaped hand signal. Yeah. But sometimes he'll just counter... He'll just sort of weave out of your move and grab your head on the way down and do the diamond cutter there. He used to brag that he could do the diamond cutter a different way every week for a year and not run out of ways to hit the diamond cutter. Oh, wow. So he just became this very interesting performer to watch visually. Yeah. And as he started to hit this move from different ways and build this reputation, his confidence started to grow too the rise of DDP was very organic. He never felt like a decision. He never felt like something that the company was trying to get people to cheer. People could just see that this guy was working. He was this blue-collar guy who was just working so fucking hard. And it just so happened that this rise that he was going through coincided with you know his, his mid to late 30s. So... It looked like he was struggling out there because he was fucking struggling out there. Yeah, because he's already like, past his prime. Yeah, he's at the point where guys should be slowing down and he's he's just getting to the point where he needs to be able to prove himself. And at this point, he's in his mid to late 30s. If he doesn't prove himself soon, it's never going to happen. It's make or break for DDP. Yeah. And at this point in his career, when DDP needs a win more than anything, and he needs a big win, he finds himself... In contention with Macho Man Randy Savage. And see, again, when you tell me that, I can't help but put my heart out for this guy. But I just, there's something about Randy Savage. I'm sorry. Like, just, every time I watch him, I'm just like, oh yeah, I can't take anything he's doing seriously. Just like, I can't. I don't know. It just, it's so ridiculous to me. It's like, I, he's a much likable, more likable character on paper. And I'm sure, like, at this point, if I had to go back to 97 and have a beer with one of them, probably would have been Diamond Dallas Page. Well, yeah, because Randy Savage is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to hold your girlfriend down and spray paint her back. Yeah, and <laughs> spray paint her back and then yell to everyone else that, like, oh, if you didn't see the problem, your girlfriend definitely did. Like, that was fucked up. But, like... <laughs> yeah, so they were... I think what actually happened was Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan beat DDP up with a crutch. Oh, wow. And as DDP was laying on the ground in pain, uh, Kimberly ran over and was like shielding his body with her body. And that's when Randy Savage came over and spray painted her back. <laughs>
he's a, he's a monster here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and DDP is like, you just made things real. Mm-hmm. That's my real life, Savage. Like he's he's really very invested, and he's a uh, the fire comes across. Yeah, I think with DDP, and last time we talked about Randy Savage learning from his mistakes, and how by the by the mid nineties he was able to sort of look back on his younger days, but no longer. But no longer because, like I said, <laughs> this is midlife crisis, Randy Savage. And midlife crisis is when you forget all the lessons you learned <laughs> in the last 10 years and you go back to making the sort of shitty decisions that you made in your uh, on your way up. He would have been better off buying a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just buy a, buy a speedboat, Randy. Don't fucking join a weird pro wrestling street gang. Oh, what? Oh, That's yeah. what the NWO thing is? That's, yeah. What? <laughs> so, okay. So, I knew he spray-painted this NWO that we see in front of us on her back. So, let's but, talk about the New World Order for a second. Okay. Because it's kind of integral to, to DDP also and his self-actualization. So, the NWO is the New World Order. And in mid-1996, WCW, which at this time was... Uh, number two to WWE, they were they were struggling. This is one of the many that got bought up and eaten by WWE. Right, but at this time they were kind of neck and neck. They were number two to WWE's number one. They had gotten a essentially a blank check from Ted Turner. Oh wow! Because Ted Turner got into like a crazy old billionaire fight with Vince McMahon. Oh, like wow. they knew each other personally, and the guy who was promoting WCW essentially got a blank check from Ted Turner to compete with Vince McMahon. Oh, wow. So they were throwing money at all of these people from WWE that wanted more money. Mm-hmm. So Randy Savage left. Uh, Hulk Hogan left. Uh, Diesel and Razor Ramon left and uh, became oh, wow. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Oh, wow. So, so WWE's hurting at this point. Yeah, WWE's hurting at this point. And WCW is kind of on an upswing. And what puts them over the edge and for a time actually makes them number one is this NWO storyline. Yeah. Where Hulk Hogan, who was like the eternal good guy, turned evil. Oh, wow. And he became the leader of the NWO. They were like this weird group of pro wrestling nihilists. They would cut these promos in the backstage area where they would put like a monochrome filter over their over their interviews and they would throw up weird gang signs like they would do for life what it was weird like you had to like you were obliged to pretend they were not 40 year old white guys doing this but but that was the nwo the nwo as a whole felt a little bit like a midlife crisis and then randy savage was initially opposed to the nwo alongside uh, Sting and Diamond Dallas Page and Lex Luger and some other guys. But eventually, most of them wound up joining up with the NWO. And one of the few that never did was Diamond Dallas Page. Mm. Diamond Dallas Page was still, at the time, a lower card guy. He wasn't like a major star. And the NWO eventually, after a couple of months, invited him to join. And he said no, because he felt like he should have been recruited first. Uh-huh. You know what? No, I'm not a fucking charity case. Yeah. Fuck this. Fuck this shitty thing you're doing. 
I don't want any part of your weird midlife crisis street gang. I'm going to do my own thing. And they actually started to target him because of it. Oh, wow. So they're targeting this guy who they feel like didn't have the right to turn them down. Oh, no. They were feeling like he should have been, uh, he should have been grateful that we asked him to join at all. And he's like, fuck you guys. I don't need your charity. I'm going to make my career by myself. So now you have DDP. And now they look stupid. Because right. Because he's not even taking part of it. Right. And with this new, with this new uh, confidence that he has, he is, uh, he's wrecking these guys too. Like, he has that instant kill move, the diamond cutter, that he could hit from anywhere. Yeah. So, they'll be, the NWO would, like, attack people en masse. Yeah. And DDP, if, like, three guys attack him, he can hit the diamond cutter on one of them, and in the confusion, he's gone. So, the NWO is, is furious that they can't definitively stop him. Oh, wow. And as his confidence is growing, he's winning more and more matches, and he's looking more and more like a star. Oh, wow. So... The NWO has to deal with him. The NWO kind of elects Randy Savage to be the guy to take out Diamond Dallas Page. And Diamond Dallas Page, it becomes personal for him when his wife gets caught up in it and gets spray painted. Yeah. So now we have this dynamic where you have DDP who's very clearly on the cusp of being something very important. And now, <laughs> it's personal for him because of his wife's involvement. And you have, on the other side, Randy Savage being sort of the designated representative of his shitty uh, shitty midlife crisis street gang. Mm-hmm. And as we know from Randy Savage last time, he has a big superiority complex and has a big problem with taking people seriously that he doesn't feel are on his level. Yeah, but on the, on the same side, with DDP coming up, and, like, everything about NWO is, like, kind of laughable. Like it's the cringy. Fact, like, the fact that, like, I'm looking at it now, and it's, like, it's not that long after NWA, which is, like, an actually legitimately good yes. rap group, uh-huh. and has aged very well. <laughs> this has aged terribly. Yes. <laughs> so, and if he can, if, DD, if DDP can do that, he can make all of them look bad. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the thing, too, because, like, he makes all of them look bad by refusing to join them. And every time he beats one of them, he makes all of them look bad. Yeah. So the NWO is invested in keeping DDP down. But as far as DDP is concerned, he has to win. Otherwise, his career is essentially like he's going to hit the glass ceiling. And this is problematic for Dandy Savage because this is you're talking about a man who watches all of the matches. Yeah. And Randy Savage is fun to watch, but I don't think he has, like, a long list of different moves. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you're right. Especially at this point. Because Midlife Crisis Randy Savage is not... I, I think I said uh, last time, after a certain point, like, after he started doing the Slim Jim... Yeah. The Slim Jim commercials, he kind of became, became like, the greatest hits version of himself. Yeah. He's pretty predictable. He's one of the all-time greats, but he's playing the hits. Yeah. He is, this is not the same Randy Savage that we saw last time that went toe-to-toe with Ricky Steamboat that uh, went for five different kinds of pinning combination in, a, in you know, like a two-minute stretch. Yeah. This is not 
the Randy Savage who's flying off the top rope ten different in ten different directions. This is a Randy Savage who has made his bones, is pretty comfortable in his position, and now has a bunch of his shitty friends to watch his back, so he feels more secure oh, no. in not having to oh, take his no. opponent seriously. Fall so far. <laughs> this is terrible. Randy Savage, what are you doing? <laughs> so we already saw, uh, we saw, I said in, in the video, we saw a little bit of the of the feud and the history between them. We saw DDP getting really fired up about how Savage made this personal. We saw Randy Savage not taking Diamond Dallas Page seriously. Uh. And we saw one other thing, which you had a question about, which is La Parca. Yeah. Someone was calling the, the announcer was calling him La Parker. La Parca. But why was he giving it the R? That was that bothered me. So that that's Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, uh, Daddy, was just a very unique individual. <laughs> just kind of talked like this, like had a little bit of a lift. But that's the American Dream, it, Daddy, Dusty Rhodes. That's La Parca. I was. Oh my God! I was so bothered by the R. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm like it's clearly La Parca. Right. So. La Parca, WCW had a cruiserweight division, and it was a lot of it was a lot of luchadors from Mexico, mm-hmm. a lot of masked wrestlers. One of them was La Parca, who I would love to do an episode about because that dude was fucking nuts. <laughs> he was just like a fat dancing skeleton who would they would put him in like six man tag matches, yeah. and halfway through the match he would get pissed off and hit everybody with a chair. <laughs> And then set up a folding chair in the middle of the ring and disco dance on it. What? <laughs> La Parca was was great. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> they called him the chairman of WCW. <laughs> the chairman. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you haven't seen La Parca, you haven't lived until you've seen La Parca hit a team of three opposing luchadors with a chair, then hit the other two members of his own team with the same chair. Clearly a chairman. Set up, set up a chair dance on it then tuck it under his arm and happily strut out of the ring oh my god like a fucking it. chicken like you haven't lived until you've seen the parka but uh anyway randy savage had an exhibition match against la parka mm-hmm. and he wasn't taking la parka seriously because again la parka was like a lower card comedy act and randy savage is a multiple time world champion so he's sort of lazily knocking la parka around he throws him to the floor and uh Gets up, goes up top to hit his uh, his flying elbow drop. Yeah. And uh, the atomic elbow, right? And he's really taking his time milking it. He's like standing up there, like raising his arms, like really playing to the crowd. He goes off the top rope and La Parca gets his feet up and kicks him in the head. Yeah. Then La Parca pops up and hits him with a diamond cutter. <laughs> pulls off his mask and it was fucking Diamond Dallas Page. Now that makes sense. And Diamond Dallas Page scores a pinfall victory over Macho Man Randy Savage. Now it was uh it was subterfuge. It was you know DDP wasn't the scheduled participant in the match. It was supposed to be La Parca. Yeah. Which they really should have noticed cuz La Parca is uh is is a Mexican luchador and is like 5'8 and DDP is 6'5, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> the the important thing is that DDP got one over on Randy Savage. And he proved that if Randy Savage wasn't paying close enough attention, DDP, using that move, the diamond cutter, he could put down one of the all-time greats. Yes. So my question to you, Sean, is do you think Randy Savage learned his lesson from that? Absolutely not. (laughs) No way. Zero possibility. (laughs) I can guarantee you, if you ask me to bet money in this situation back then, Uh no way. 
there's one thing that I know about Randy Savage. He does not learn unless if he needs to. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't learn until he's hit rock bottom. <laughs> so he hasn't hit rock bottom. Like I said, he's still very comfortable. He feels like he has these guys watching his back. And now, if anything, he's even more invested in proving that DDP is not on his level. And that means toying with him. That means jerking him around. And that means giving him more chances than he should to fight back just so he can, just so he can prove once and for all that DDP doesn't deserve to be in his ring. God, Randy. <laughs> oh, this is not looking good. All the cards. There's so many dominoes stacked up right in front of each other. And and of course, Randy can't see him. Sean, before we before we get started, do you have any other thoughts about the homework? Any other thoughts about Randy Savage? Any other thoughts about Diamond Dallas Page? I love the story of Diamond Dallas Page. I on paper, he's amazing. He's really a great like a, he he that move when he took off the, the luchador mask, yes. that was brilliant. As far as like a wrestling move, that stunt yes. was probably the most interesting thing I've seen in wrestling. Like, just that, like, going from like, oh, he's knocked out, he's knocked out, da da da, da this is over for him. Leg up, two seconds later, he's got Randy Savage pinned, and then right after that, he takes off the mask, and it's the wrong person. Like, yep. beautiful stunt. I still love Randy Savage. Oh, you're on Team Savage. That's, <laughs> listen, it's as like, much as as much as I love DDP, I also love Randy Savage. So I get where you're coming from. I I do. Um, I will say this. I have like as, as big a pro wrestling fan as I am. I think I only have like four pro wrestling T-shirts. Mm -hmm. Two of them are Randy Savage and Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the other ones is. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, who we also did an episode about, and Pentagon Jr., who we also did an episode about. And thank God none of those is Hulk Hogan. No. <laughs> no. I do not have a Hulk Hogan shirt. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to, to DDP just destroying Randy Savage. I, he's going to do it. I know he's going to do it, and this is, he's going to... Burn so hard. Like, I don't have to see this. And it's like clear. This house of cards is flying away quickly. <laughs> and, and, the, and of course, I just love that Randy can't see it. He can't see that it's this the is the shades. <laughs> it's the shades. He needs the other color back. These mirrored shades are just destroying it for him. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to press play right now. And, uh, and Randy Savage uh, at Spring Stampede 1997. And Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth are uh, are walking to the ring right now and uh we we can't hear them but if i remember correctly what randy savage is saying yeah after the show i'm thinking about having a couple women back to the hotel room yeah maybe 14 15 women yeah what do you think about that and she goes not a problem and he goes not a problem i like it <laughs> yeah so what <sighs> randy savage looks like a fucking composition book yeah. Right here. He he's really wearing is. he's wearing black and white. He's uh and he's got this weird marble pattern on his uh on his shades. It on his shades and on sense. his tights. He looks like a marble composition notebook. There in the back, do you see that fucking uh that referee in the yeah. sleeveless referee t shirt who looks like Danny McBride? Is that Danny McBride? It's not Danny McBride. That is uh that is Nick Patrick. Oh wow. Who was WCW's crooked referee. The crooked referee. Yeah, he was the he was the referee that hung out with the NWO. Oh no! So they had like 
a shitty referee in their pocket. Oh, wow. And you could tell he was the evil referee because he didn't have sleeves on his referee shirt. That's how you can tell. <laughs> and, and, and what is this? I like how his, like, shirt situation is very popular with, like, the teenage girls, like, in 2008 to 2012. Yes. He's, He's got the little, like, cut off, like... Tassels. Cut- Listen... You can take the tassels out of the man, but you can't take the man out of the tassels, or vice versa. So, uh, so here we are. Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth now are are entering at uh, at WCW Spring Stampede '97. What do you think about the uh, about the the sort of set decoration here at Spring Stampede? This is ridiculous. It, it looks like uh, <laughs> like an Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Well, less Australian. It's like as maybe a, uh, is there? Oh, a Ponderosa. Ponderosa. That's what it is. It's a Ponderosa steakhouse. There you go. And buffet. Oh my God, I is he balding at this point? Because he's got this whole. Like, oh yeah. This whole do rag on or whatever. He is bought. I love that. Look at this. There's a little girl in the front row, and Randy Savage is like, check out these muscles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Little girl, check out the guns. Yeah. Her arm was, her head was smaller than his arm. I love it. Oh yeah, and he just he's milking the crowd. What is she doing on the on the? Oh, ropes? she is uh, she is holding the ropes open for him. That's what that was. Yeah, which uh, lets you know a little bit about the uh, the dynamic here between uh, between Paige or sorry not Paige, between Savage and Elizabeth. She is definitely expected to be subservient to him. Uh huh. Um. So now well, we're going to cut uh, real quick to an interview in the back where uh, DDP is going to talk to uh, one of the great all-time wrestling interviewers, Mean Gene Okerlund. Mm-hmm. He's the same guy that's been there for a long time. Yep, Mean Gene. DDP is Ripley Diamond Dallas Page. Come on in, no disqualification. The Macho Man Randy Savage with Liz in his corner. And tonight, there's no tomorrow. Tonight, it's going to be you with Kimberly in your corner for all of the spoils. You know, Gino, sometimes in life, a man's got to stand up for what really matters. Or else, you're just passing through. Savage, you stepped into my real world, and you found out what really matters to me. By doing it, when you did it, you stepped over the line. So tonight, you're mine. All right, Kimberly, the wife, you're going to be in your husband's corner tonight, and you know what this is all about if anybody does. Yeah, Gene, everybody's been talking about how this is the most important match in Paige's life and that the odds are stacked against him. Well, all I've been hearing at home is about how he's going to get Randy Savage for what he did to me. Now, normally, I like him to keep a positive attitude about everything, but rage is a powerful emotion. And in this case, I think I'm just going to let it ride. Oh, 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 I like that. His rage is going to even the odds. Diamond Dallas Page and Kimberly with her input, her take on it all. Yeah, so, uh, so we, we, just saw, we just saw DDP's signature hand gesture, which is... It's Jersey City, brother. Okay. <laughs> it's a forget it it's Chinatown okay so uh, you know DDP's signature hand gesture it's it works on two different levels because on one hand it's a diamond mm-hmm. and on the other hand it's supposed to illustrate it's like two hands coming together so it's supposed to illustrate 
a self high five. A self high five. Which is one of his. Uh, that's sort of his. Uh, his mantra, which is like self sufficiency, supporting yourself, being your own motivation. Uh huh. And not looking for external validation. Uh huh. So that's kind of all part of DDP's personal philosophy. That's that's taking him to this point. And it's also the beginning of like a grab move, which is like his thing. Right. Exactly. So it's a uh, it's makes a lot of oh, and, and DDP just charges into the ring and Savage bails. Oh wow. I love uh, and look at that. We saw before. Uh, Miss Elizabeth sat on the ropes to allow Randy Savage to come in, and DDP held the ropes open so Kimberly could come in. Mm-hmm. Almost more of a chivalrous man. More, more of a chivalrous man. At least uh, he didn't make a big show of it either. He just sort of, with one hand, lifted the rope up to just sort of, basically like the wrestling version. And there he is, did it again. Sat on the rope so to make it easier for her to get out. Basically, just holding a door open. Yeah. Not, not necessarily. Uh, a super chivalrous thing, but I think just a considerate thing. Um, just to show you, to illustrate that the pages have a little bit more of a healthy dynamic than the savages. Yeah. <laughs> the savages, I call them. That, that means that's what they are. And there you go, self-high-five. Oh, so he really is about self-high-five. That's like, he's he's actually making that a thing. Yep. And, uh, He just threw the mic. Yep, a Savage was just, uh, was just, I think, trying to dig a little bit more at Paige to just, uh, to just psych him out. And now Randy is, uh, look at that, Paige is begging him to get in the ring. Just, he can't wait. Like, like I told you, he's, he's feeling more confident than he ever has. He feels like the iron is hot and he's ready to strike. And we just saw that close up on Randy, like completely blowing this off. Oh yeah. Like we heard before when he was talking about the after party, he's already thinking about what's going on after the show. He's not thinking about this guy right in front of, Oh, and, uh, as soon as, as Randy jumped into the ring, Paige charged him and Randy had to bail immediately, which is, if you remember how Randy Savage started that match with Ricky Steamboat immediately charging him. Yeah. And look at that. Again, charging him. Savage is already off his game. And he waited for he waited for DDP to start chasing him, and then he turned and ran and hit him from behind. Oh wow. Oh, he just kicked the guy in the face. <laughs> oh my god, that, that poor crowd person. <laughs> yeah, DDP. I think one of the first moves in the match here uh, is DDP. Throwing Randy Savage into a guardrail so hard that Savage's leg flipped over his head and kicked a guy in the front row. That was ridiculous. This is very sexual. Yeah, so... He's pulling Randy Savage's hair while thrusting him from the back. (laughs) To be fair, Randy Savage was attempting to flee the ring on his hands and knees. And Paige grabbed him from behind to keep him from escaping. But yeah, it looked like a butt-fucking. There you go. So, at this point, look at that. You could see him sort of rotate, uh, Paige rotate and point around the crowd, and you could see the hands go up in support. Yeah. But he was maybe a little too confident, and he took that moment to showboat, and when he returned to, when he returned to Randy, he got, uh, 
he got hit with a jawbreaker. Oh, wow. And now Randy once again dropped his jaw over the top rope this time, and Paige has fallen to the outside. So Randy now leaping to the floor and charging, and now DDP has fallen into the audience. Oh, my God. He's, they're, not, they're not just outside the ring. They are well within <laughs> yes. the audience. They are... Uh, they just passed a crippled boy. <laughs> yes, they passed the boy in a wheelchair. Um, and they're fighting... A, that's a very tall man right there. <laughs> very tall, very skinny man also. So, uh, at this point, I, I should point out that this is a no-disqualification match. So... So they can actually be in the middle of nowhere. Yes. And they don't have the 30 seconds to get back in the ring. It's 10 seconds, but yes. Um, that was a big plot point in the Ricky Steamboat match, was that uh, if Ricky Steamboat wanted to win that championship, he had to get back into the ring within 10 seconds, and he had to make sure Randy got back into the ring within 10 seconds. Ew. Oh my god, it's got the sodas in it. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> so DDP just hit Randy Savage with a trash can, and... Like, people hitting each other with trash cans is a, uh, it's a well-established trope in pro wrestling, but usually it's just full of, like, shredded copy paper. Yeah. It's very clearly just a prop that was placed there, but I feel like that was actually real arena trash. I feel like Randy Savage got real garbage water on him. Yeah, that definitely looked like several spent Coca-Colas. Yeah, you know what? This is WCW. It's a Southern promotion. It could be like spittle. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. So Randy Savage also got briefly choked with with the video cable. Oh, and now look at this. They're back at ringside, and Randy Savage is hiding behind Diamond Dallas Page's wife. That's unbelievable. I mean, he actually bent up that trash can on Randy Savage's head. Yeah. Like, it, like a lot of it's like, oh yeah, that's definitely faked. But you can't fake <laughs> destroying a trash can on someone's head. Well, it was CGI. Uh. <laughs> In 1998. Here's Jason Alexander here in the front row. I'm kidding, that's not actually Jason Alexander, but it kind of <laughs> looks like him. But also, how shitty is Randy Savage that... He hid behind Diamond Dallas Page's own wife to keep himself from getting hit. Oh my Ugh. god, this is... So this is... So we just saw DDP collapse against a guardrail. Randy Savage climbed the top rope and hit him with a double axe handle to the floor. This match is already completely out of control. Yeah, this is ridiculous. They've been in, out of the ring more than they've been in the ring. Yeah, I don't think... Has any actual wrestling taken place in the ring? Absolutely Like, not. the closest thing to a wrestling move that happened in the ring was uh, was Randy Savage getting pantomime butt-fucked. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Which isn't really a move. But the people are absolutely for DDP right now, because every, like, third person's putting up a... The diamond cutter. The diamond cutter. Right, the self-high-five. Um, we, we just missed DDP getting thrown right into the ring steps so hard that his back is bleeding. Yeah. And Randy takes him to the other side and hurls him into the other set of steel ring steps. I, I guess just for, um, for symmetry? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it really brings the room together. 
look at that, just a blatant slap. Not, that wasn't even like a real slap, too. You just like no, that wasn't that wasn't like a slap that was supposed to be painful. That was a psychological warfare slap. Because we've been talking about it, Randy Savage is look at that, putting his feet on the ropes for additional leverage, and trying to tell the referee that was a three. And he grabs the referee and points him toward Miss Elizabeth so she can be like, no, it was a three. Oh my god. <laughs> and now, now that Paige is, is, uh, is disabled, we have Randy Savage going to the floor. Getting a chair. Getting a chair. Which, this is a no disqualification match. Chairs are legal. And calling for it, and no one is supporting him in this, but boom. Just straight steel chair shot right to Paige's back. And the referee takes it from him. Nobody's even cheering. Everyone just got, kind of has their, their hands crossed. And nope. they're still putting up the di- Diamond Dallas Page symbol. Yeah, they're, they're so, they are so for DDP right here. He's so hated. Randy Savage has taken, the, uh, has taken the chair out of the ring. He's going to get another chair by beating up the poor ring announcer. And taking his chair. Oh my god, he slapped him in the face. <laughs> yep, and it, now this is chair number two, since the first one has been taken away from Michael Buffer cameo there. Oh, wow. They paid Michael Buffer like $100,000 to show up and say, let's get ready to rumble at these things. <laughs> really? And they're Michael Buffer providing some type of medical care and attention to that poor beaten up... Oh! Oh, wow. <laughs> DDP just... Knocked him right back with it. Yeah, so Savage went to hit him with the chair, and Paige just sort of, out of desperation, hit him with, like, a double palm thrust into the chair and smashed it back into Randy's face. Oh, what's wrong with his leg? Paige? Yeah. I think he's just, he's just having a hard time getting up. Maybe it's, uh, you see, it's an optical illusion because of the weird black pleather pants he's wearing. Yeah. It, it did kind of look like his leg was all fucked up. Oh, and, uh... DDP at this point is is reeling. He's taken a couple chair shots and Randy is just blatantly choking him. But Paige is still got fight in him. He whips him around and Oh, uh, yeah, this, this is the, the beginning of the end. You could see so much so much fire in DDP. And this is Oh. Oh wow. He just took that clothesline and it looked like it turned him inside out. That's what I'm saying. It's because it's because Paige, look at that, Randy's claiming that he, every time he goes for a pin, he raises his hand as though it was a three. Like, Randy, you know that wasn't a three. You know that shit wasn't a three. And he's got to get up and argue with the referee every single time. Almost no wrestler in history has been a slave to his own impulses more than Randy Savage. Absolutely not. No way. Look at that. Just spitting on... What, was he spitting on Michael Buffer and, that, and that, that ring announcer that he beat up? Look at this. So Paige went to kick him, and Randy has caught his foot, and he's just milking it. And he spins him, and Paige takes him down oh, with a clothesline. So, once again, Randy was in control, and he wanted to make a point, so he held Paige's foot, and was taunting him, Went to spin him, Paige used the momentum, and now they're both down. But but Paige was expecting that, because Paige has seen him do that before. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
I, I like how the there are some people are like throwing the the diamond cutter up like re- with a lot of passion, and there are some people who are just like somberly holding it up. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a black power fist or something. <laughs> I mean, for them it is. It's a blue collar fist, right? Yeah. The only person clapping is Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. The only person. Yeah, people are not in. I mean, you, you and Liz are the only people on Team Seven <laughs> in this match. So he's, he's got DDP up, and he's, oh, slams him down. Page is right in the center of the ring. And, this is what I'm talking about as far as Page, his, his age is actually helping him because. He, this looks so much more realistic because it, it kind of is. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can tell this is hard for him. This isn't easy for him. So that's two, uh, two scoop slams. And again, he's this beat. poor guy, he's what that he's trust just trying to announce. <laughs> he's on the floor and he took him away. Oh, and what's that? Oh, the bell, the bell, the bell, the good old bell. <laughs> the bell that he used to, and he's trying to fight a, a, a cameraman now, but he's going to the top rope with that bell, just like he tried to use that bell to, to end Ricky Steamboat's career, and here he is trying to use it again against uh, against Diamond Dallas Page, but Miss Elizabeth took, or sorry, uh, Kimberly took it from him, and she ran away with it. I think I just saw him mouth you bitch at her. And oh damn! How did he not learn from the last match? Oh my god! <laughs> so we just saw Randy had to take the time to yell at uh, at Kimberly and call her a bitch because she took the she took the ring bell from him. So he was arguing with her from the top rope for like five seconds and then went for the flying elbow drop. But Paige had enough time to recover and caught him with the feet on the way down again. And now Paige is calling for that diamond cutter and. Oh, it was so close. But Randy escaped and grabbed both of his arms and now kicked him right in the dick. Oh, my God. I mean, that that was probably the most interesting move I've seen Randy make this entire time. Yeah, everything else, all of Randy's offense has been very basic, right? Yeah. We saw a much greater sort of uh, offensive variety in the first match, the first oh, Randy Savage match. He's like I said. He's playing the hits. He played the hits. Those were exactly moves from previous. Yep, from and, then, <laughs> and now the referee has re- refused to count three a couple times, and Randy Savage does not like that. Oh and my is, god! And is now just straight up beating up this referee who weighs charitably seventy five pounds. Oh my god! So he just hit that. Come that... on! How, did you not learn this from the eighties? <laughs> You can't do that to the referee and then expect it. Oh my god. Well, in the 80s, it was an accident, right? He like threw, or he threw Steamboat into the referee, but like, here he is actively beating a referee with his own belt. Like, Randy is so far, he's so far gone at this point. Oh my god. Like, and just throws this poor tiny man. Oh. Out with the rest of the corpses. And his belt. And his belt. I like that he piled the referee, like, through that very small referee on top of the ring announcer that he's already beaten up twice. Oh my god. And, again, milking it before he goes up top. He's gonna get kicked. Come on, you're gonna get kicked. You're gonna get kicked. Don't do this. Don't do this to yourself. 
He's waiting. You've and given it, him two minutes to lay there. And again, he spit on DDP from the midair, and then boom! Oh, wow. What? DDP hit, didn't even do anything. Hit him, hit him with it, and... What? Where's the referee? Oh, right, I beat him to death. Yeah. And Randy is somehow surprised that the referee did not recover from that savage beating... Literally a savage beating. Uh-oh. Now they, got, now they got the bad ref. Yeah, and here comes Nick Patrick, the... Uh, Secondary the, ref. The NWO referee. And look at that, a little bro hug. Oh, wow. Look at that, the referee even has a taped fist. <laughs> so it. you know he bad. I love it. And here's uh, here's Kevin Nash, uh, one, of, uh, one of the other uh, NWO guys, sort of out to just survey the beating. Uh... Randy oh, no. turns him, and DDP catches him on the way down. Diamond cutter. Oh, but he's so he's so hurt. He's taken all those blows from the steel chair. And look at that. The uh, the NWO referee doesn't want to count this pin, but Page rolls him over, gets him, lays on top of him, and the referee has to one, two. Three, and that's the end of the match. Calls for that bell angrily. Oh, my God. Ah. And here comes, uh... Here comes Kevin Nash, uh, also from the NWO, who is now pissed at this referee for counting the three. And he decides that rather than, uh... Oh, here comes the rest of the, uh... Oh my God! This the rest is of the bad. whole the whole NWO is this down is at this bad. point. Pretty boy in the front. Yeah, Eric Bischoff. They've all they have all essentially shown ass at this point because uh, because Randy Savage fucked around and didn't get the job done, and now they all look bad. So now they all have to come down here and uh, try to save some face. And look at this: Pages or uh, Savage is out like a light. He wasn't paying attention to that diamond cutter, and he got smoked. That's amazing. And uh, and here we have uh, Eric Bischoff, who's uh, sort of the uh, uh, w- one of the driving forces behind the NWO, and he is uh, he's trying to tell them, you know, make sure uh, make sure Page doesn't get away with this. And here, the referee who counted the pin is going to eat a, a power bomb. Ah! But he's an NWO. He's one of your own. But he fucked him over. He counted the three. How was he not? He <laughs> yeah, I know. How like could eight he... seconds before that. Yep. And there's uh, Savage uh, kicks uh, kicks DDP out of the ring, and oh, now no. and now no, he's got not Kimberly, and now he's got Kimberly. And, did... and look at this. Even Eric Bischoff, who was who was in here to make sure Paige learned his lesson, is like, no, please don't murder a woman live on television. <laughs> so now here. The, the NWO at this point is imploding because of Randy Savage. Now there's infighting. He, look at his eyes. There is nobody home right now. Yeah, they're glazed over. He is furious. He, he's like looking around, terrified that something is going to happen. And uh, there we go. He's, now, now he's fighting his own friends. And Kimberly, uh, Kimberly escapes. And uh, and and Nash has to has to separate them. And this now this is a cl- clusterfuck. This is a this is a clusterfuck. And uh, and that's that's pretty much the end of the match. So, I think it's safe to say 
that Randy Savage shit the bed hard. Oh, yeah. He, terrible. <laughs> he, like, actually, he probably should have won that match if he tried at all from the beginning. But he was just showboating the entire time. Like... Yeah, he was... Well, he was... DDP was taking it to him at the beginning, but... When it was time for Randy to, you know, when Randy did have control of the match, instead of pressing his advantage, it was all about trying to make DDP look weak. And it fucking bit him in the ass. Hard. 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 And, and what's, the, what's the upshot here? You know, when we were going into this, DDP needed a big win. He got his big win. Yeah, so much so that even with the crooked ref, yeah, he still like the crooked ref was like, I can't do anything at yeah, this point. Yeah, you can't he, like he could have counted to a to one hundred easily. The moral of the story was, DDP was on was on an upswing. You could not afford to take him lightly, and Randy Savage took him lightly, very lightly, and got knocked the fuck out. Oh my god! And he kept playing the hits. I mean. Why would you play the hits there? Like it doesn't even make sense. Like okay, with the bell, maybe it made sense in that other in that other match because like you can't actually call the match without the bell. But like this, like the things that he were doing didn't even make sense in the context of like a no holds barred match. Right. He was just he was in his own world trying to just trying to make DDP look like less than he was, and he wound up. Showing that, like DDP said, given the right circumstances, he could hang with one of the best of all time. And he did. Yeah. Now, could, could, could DDP have... Uh, this is an interesting question. Could DDP, this version of DDP, have hung with the Randy Savage of 1987? I don't think so. Probably not. And even... When Randy Savage was hungry? I don't think so. Absolutely not. When, when Randy Savage... Randy Savage was a, an animal... Yeah. In that other match. Like, really. Like, he was all around, everywhere, flipping around, doing all of his things. Even Randy Savage of this year, if he was focused, but there was no way we were going to focus that man. No, he was more focused on beating up the... He spent more time worried about the ring announcer than he was worried about DDP. Or the ref. Or the referee. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. So, I guess we should talk about, what do you think happened to DDP after this? Because now DDP has had his moment, right? He had his win over Randy Savage. Um, so he wins over Randy Savage. He fly. He's got to fly high for some amount of time. Like he, I don't know, but like I don't see it being like a long term thing. Well, yeah, because his whatever his time is on top, it can't be too long. Because, I mean, he's only I think two years younger than Randy Savage. Yeah. Like Randy Savage was a world champion in '88. And he was struggling like shit in this match with Randy Savage in the 90s, not Randy Savage in the 80s. Like, I don't see him being able to hold it for a while, but he definitely has crowd appeal. Like, there's no question. Like, have, but having said that, the 80s match, the whole crowd was going nuts. Yes. And here, it was a lot more pla- placated. Like, a lot of people were, like, about, more about, the, like, putting up the, the Diamond Dallas page, like, hand symbol. Uh-huh. But people were not going nuts like the other one. And there was more to go nuts about. Like, he, they were in the crowd. Yes. They were, like, out into, like, the into the stadium and everything else. But the other match, everyone was on fire. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. The match that we saw last time was very much, uh, it was very much trend setting, And it was new. Like, matches were not that fast-paced at that time. 
like people didn't move around that quickly. It, that that set the stage for a lot of stuff. At this point in the uh, in the late nineties, there was there were a lot of matches like this, mm-hmm. like no D, no DQ matches, like where people brawled around the arena. That was fairly uh, that was fairly well traveled at this point in time. So really, the selling point of this match for these people was DDP having his moment. Yeah, which is why they really came alive for DDP mm-hmm. and not so much for for Randy Savage. Not even not so much not at all. Yeah. Literally nobody but his girlfriend was cheering for him <laughs> the entire match. Yeah. <laughs> and uh okay, so I guess I'll guess I'll, I'll I'll just say DDP wins three world championships. Oh wow. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, good for him, right? In uh I think 2 years after this match uh in 99 I think he wins his first one and then all three of his world title victories happened between 1999 and 2001. Oh, wow. DDP as a uh, as a defending champion certainly isn't as compelling as DDP working his way up to that yeah. moment. Because even Randy Savage as a complete shitbag, yes. terrible defending champion that has no redeeming qualities, still has a good amount of stage presence completely off the handle and like you deserve to lose man but i still love to watch you yes yes if we're, if we're talking about in terms of sheer star power absolutely randy savage outclasses ddp but as far as a feel-good story and as far as just or an, an organic rise i think ddp has an a very interesting uh a very interesting arc and after he retires from wrestling if you felt good about his winning a couple of world championships, prepare to feel good about this. He now runs a uh, a yoga, uh, like a yoga company, oh, wow. uh, DDP Yoga, and he also has a uh, a program called the Accountability House, oh, wow. where he has uh, he has former wrestlers who are struggling with addiction come and live in his house documents their uh, their journey back to sobriety that's amazing yeah and he re- he helps them rehab their injuries with yoga and positive thinking as opposed to like vicodin yeah and ddp at this point has legitimately saved the life of at least two notoriously drug addicted pro wrestlers scott hall and uh, and jake the snake roberts oh wow who spent a lot of the 90s and 2000s just being in terrible shape and he turned their he helped them turn their lives around that's amazing there's actually a wonderful documentary called uh used to be on netflix i don't know if it still is the resurrection of jake the snake oh and it's about ddp taking him back it's a it's about ddp and uh jake the snake had been uh, one of his early mentors mm-hmm. and it's about jake moving into ddp's house in atlanta and ddp sort of taking him by the hand and guiding him through this slow road to recovery. He, he really turned around uh, Jake the Snake's life, and it's a, it's a really touching documentary because you see, like, the ways that he's healed and the ways that he's, like, he still has not a great relationship with his kids. He wasn't around. Understandable. And, and when he was around, he was not in, like, parenting shape. Just drugs. Dr- yeah. And they're really sort of, like, they show he relapses a couple of times, like, they're very honest about... Like, they don't whitewash it. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, a, a perfect story. But in the end, he's okay. That's amazing. I know, right? That's amazing. Like, okay, so I was 
I still love Randy Savage. I fully expected him to lose. I kind of wanted him to lose. I love the man. He deserved to lose. And this guy, DDP, deserved to win. And honestly, like, he just pl- he did better wrestling. He just was a better person about it. I don't... I think I like think his story is compelling on paper, uh-huh. but like actually in front of the camera, you just can't hold a candle to Savage. You can't. But it's true. what an amazing guy! Like, come on! Like he he's like such like he's helping other people. He's like trying to like give people the the concept of high fiving themselves and all this other stuff. He's just all about positive thinking and all this other stuff and if you try hard enough even you can do this stuff that's just awesome yeah like, it's just like a very very sweet guy and again you never hear anybody say a bad thing about diamond dallas page like uh mick foley in his book talks about when he used to travel with ddp mm-hmm. and they used to he and steve austin used to give him so much shit because he was just like so uh so unrelentingly positive that they couldn't <laughs> help but fuck with him. <laughs> You're too wholesome. Yeah, they would. Uh, people would. Mick Foley said that people used to ask DDP how he was doing, and he would say, "If I were doing any better, I'd have to be twins just to handle it." <laughs> <laughs> so, this has been another episode of. I hate wrestling. I want to thank Sean, my guest. I want to thank Corinne Dodenhoff for designing my beautiful, beautiful logo. Uh, I want uh, I want all of you out there in podcast land to visit me at ihwpod.com. I want you to uh, to uh, like, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, on SoundCloud. I want you to follow me on Twitter. I want you to uh, check out the Instagram. Lots of cool stuff there, probably. Um, I have uh, I have an email address somewhere that you can send me suggestions. You can volunteer your friends to be guests. It's a lot of fun. Um, it is. In fact. Yeah, it is fun to be a guest. I, I was going to say it's fun to volunteer your friends to be guests, but it's also fun to fun be a guest. more fun to volunteer friends. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's an unlimited, it's functionally limitless, the amount of fun that you can have listening to or participating in the wonder that is I hate wrestling. Um, Sean, do you have anything you want to plug? I'm trying to be a good dude. Anything you want to plug? Plug. 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 What am I plugging? I don't know. Ask it if you want anything. If you want to, if you want to tell the people about anything. Tell the people that you should definitely listen to Randy Savage's album. Yes, okay. It is fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, it is t- terrible and the same kind of cringeworthy whatever that this was. It should lose itself into time, but you can find it on Spotify. I highly recommend it. <laughs> it's painful. I would recommend that all the listeners be a man. Be a man. And don't be scared. Oh my god. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I love the cover of that album. Have you seen the cover yes, art? I saw the cover where art. Where he's got like, he's wrapping himself with steel chains and he has like a leather kangle hat. It doesn't make any sense. It's just like, this is this is the, the worst iteration of Randy Savage. I, I turned off my phone. But it, it's the worst iteration of Randy Savage I've ever seen. Except maybe this. Today. <laughs> yeah, at least he's not trying to kill someone's wife. He, he's not trying to kill someone's wife, but I wish he was. Because... that Like, literal murder might be... Might be not as bad... As that album. As, as the crime that he committed. 
the, the sort of audio crime that he committed. <laughs> and my favorite thing about Spotify is it shows you how many people have listened to this. And a it, good album will be listened to some amount of millions of times. Uh-huh. And uh, here's the Be The Man. It's like, what is going on here? Like, that doesn't even look like Randy Savage. Like, it doesn't... Like, I know it is, but it's, it's confusing at best. Yeah. And his top Be The Man is 100,000 listens. And you're talking about someone who's reasonably famous. Like, I know people with, like, cover bands in New Jersey that have more listeners than that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's his top. The second one, I'm Back, is 40,000 listens. It's it's pretty depressing. But there you go. Yeah. Listen to this wonderful album. You will not be disappointed. Sean, you know how we end the show. I know how we end the show, and I didn't prepare last time, and I didn't prepare this time. <laughs> I still am, am equally not prepared. If I, if, I, if I could give you one one word of advice for your wrestling character, be a man. Be a man. And so one additional piece of, of advice, don't be scared. Don't be scared. And I'm going to take some inspiration from Teddy over here, and I, I would just have my, my wrestling man just be just Teddy Roosevelt, because come on. Uh, just actually Theodore Roosevelt. Just, just exactly, Theodore. You know, come on, look at him. Like I, I know it's my he, room. He, 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 can't, he looks like he would, he'd be able to take a man on the wrestling on the wrestling. Oh, absolutely. Floor. Theodore Roosevelt was a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Like, do you know about his uh his sort of personal physical exploits? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's amazing. He's Dude, one of he's one of the best presidents there ever was. Uh, he he detached a retina. In a stick fighting match in the White House lawn. I didn't know that. That is a true thing about Theodore Roosevelt. Okay, yeah. My wrestling character, 100% Teddy Roosevelt. And he would do real well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's insane. So give, give me a taste of uh, give me a taste of what you would say. Uh, you're challenging somebody to a fight as Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, no. You're, you should, should ask you. <laughs> so <laughs> I should ask you. <laughs> I am turning that back around you. because <laughs> You're going to come up with something far more accurate and far more interesting. Okay, um... Jeez, let me think. Let me think. Um, so uh, I'm picturing. So I'm picturing you as Theodore Roosevelt, right? And your 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 big match with William Howard Taft is coming up. Oh yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you're like, uh, and you're like, William, you were like a brother to me. You were my handpicked successor, but you went in. You went behind my back and you betrayed me. You betrayed the work that we did together. You tried to undo my legacy. You paid for a guy to shoot me. That is unsubstantiated. I, I want to say that right now. William Howard Taft did not try to have William, <laughs> did not try to have Theodore Roosevelt shot, but it, for our pro wrestling storyline, that absolutely happened. But it takes more than that to kill a bull moose! <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of take if right after that he slaps tapped in the belly a few times. <laughs> yeah, he gives him a pink belly. He's <laughs> such a rotund man. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> I love it. Pulls his shirt over his head. <laughs> pink belly, pink belly, pink belly. <laughs> this is amazing. Okay, that was the best thing I could have picked. <laughs> uh, can I just tweak it? Can you, can you say you're the ghost of Theodore Roosevelt? I'm the ghost. Of, <laughs> I'm the ghost of Theodore Roosevelt. Yes. I, I like the idea. So you've got, let's just say, you've got a manager mm-hmm. who's like, uh, 
a medium of some kind. Oh, yeah. And your manager great. has to summon you before every match. Oh, wow. This is like the opposite of The Undertaker. Yeah! So, you're, so, you're, so you're, you're, your medium comes out and, like, I don't know, fucking uh, makes a, a salt circle. Mm-hmm. And, like, waves their hands over it. The lights come down. And, and the lights circle are... on top of an American flag. It yes. has to be on top of an American flag. Yes. And the, the, the lights go down, and when they come up... You're you're standing there covered in flour like a fucking Scooby Doo ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and you throw up your hands like an old timey boxer. <laughs> and you're like, prepare to engage in fisticuffs <laughs> to the utmost degree. This is great. I love it. <laughs> I have to take off my glasses. <laughs> your your fucking your Ponce Nez glasses. <laughs> This is, uh, I I don't uh, I'm not I'm not too big on saying first, but I guarantee you I'm the first pro wrestling podcast to ever use the phrase Ponce Nez glasses. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Your movies and your acting skills are both trash. Your movie straight the video, the box 